0: of Science Snacks. I am your science liaison and with a face designed for podcasting, Eric. And on today's episode, we're talking about a Nobel Prize winner. That is the Nobel Prize winner for self-eating. This Nobel Prize winner is a man, a Japanese man, by the name of Yoshinori Osumi Yoshinori Osumi. I hope I'm saying that close to right, but you know, um, I try my best. Uh, So he has an interesting story. Uh, Once upon a time, there were not a whole lot of papers or not a whole lot of understandings about how exactly things get broken down in the cell. So if we can imagine the cell is this very tightly packed, very, you know, uh, organized structure uh, we can imagine a whole lot of things doing a whole lot of different processes, a very tight Nick, Imagine you've packed a book bag as tight as you possibly can, and then just filled the remaining pieces with a little bit of weird jelly juice called cytoplasm, that is basically what a cell is. It's a very tight-packed, not nearly the clear-cut structure that, you know, some places, uh, some textbooks might try to, you know, have artists depict it as just for simplicity, but instead it is a very packed structure a lot of things were starting to be understood um, in in the mid-1900s. And these things were about how the cell actually uh, functions, uh, how it works in the sense that like, oh, we have DNA and that's converted to RNA and that's converted to proteins, you know, the, the core concept. Well, what happens when things go wrong? What happens when a protein is made bad? What happens when too many proteins are made? What happens when parts, organelles, aren't needed anymore? They were needed short term. Maybe we were a cell that had a whole bunch of cheese and we were exposed to all those cheese nutrients. But now we're not getting those cheese nutrients. We're getting different types of nutrients. Well, we no longer need these things that break down cheese. We need things that break down meat. Instead we can start to break down those structures. That is, we will go through and mark the things that need to be broken down, that we don't need anymore. There's a couple different mechanisms for this. Now, one of the mechanisms that he was kind of jumping off of was this idea of ubiquitination. That is, there's this little marker inside of the cell, a whole bunch of them, they're very ubiquitous, found pretty readily everywhere, and they mark individual proteins and structures for destruction. If you are, let's say, uh, a protein you're wandering around doing your stuff and this little little sticker comes by and attaches it itself to you and it just says ubiquitinated, and then maybe two or three more or four or ten stickers will attach themselves to you for ubiquitination, well there's a mechanism in the cell that will break down and destroy you because you've been marked for destruction by ubiquitin. Well, that was one of the mechanisms that we understood for how cells might, you know, break things down. But that's very one-at-a-time kind of thing. It's, it's much akin to, like, if you have those uh, cans, one of those can smashers that will, you know, compress down a can, and then you take that bag, once that bag's full of cans, and you take that to the recycling center and all that. Well, what if we have a situation where we can do things more in mass. Maybe like have a trash can for recycling that's picked up weekly. Um, That's a much more organized structure for recycling the tools and materials used when making, uh, when recycling old materials. So that was kind of what he started out with. So he said, okay, well, I'm interested in looking at yeast. Yeast are often used as you know, very easy substitutes for humans. They're, they're very simple, very understandable, and we can take yeast and, and better look at how the human structures work if we can understand them on a more simple le- level. That is, yeast. So he said, okay, I have these yeast, and I don't know that they have this lysosome, this thing, the specialized compartment for breaking down and degrading cellular constituents. Well, I'm interested in seeing if I can interrupt that process. I know some of the proteins, some of the tools used for that. So even though I can't see the lysosome directly, can't see its breakdown process directly, if I can interrupt things that I know are involved in it, I can get a better view of it. It's much akin to like, okay I never see the trash people go by but if I just say no more trash people take in people's trash cans well then the evidence that they didn't come by stacks up pretty quickly to say oh man look at all this built-up trash we have here guess the trash people didn't come by and if you do that for a long enough period of time the trash stacks up Well, that's exactly what's occurring inside of the cell that he makes and tests. So he interrupts the cell's breakdown of old material, and what happens inside of those yeast cells? Well, the trash stacks up, and he's able to see that and uh, view that microscopically, and even submits a paper for that. So then he continues down this path, trying to understand how exactly this structure develops. And what he finds is that in the cell, there is a stress signal, a signal of some type that begins this whole process. It then starts a regulatory complex. That is, there's this large organelle structure and these large pieces that will start to come together and form almost like a Lego structure, a building um, forming around where, where other things could attach. So on the outside, we have this thing, closing in and almost making kind of a circular or half-circle structure. And on the inside, well, we have places for things that are marked to bind to. So old things, things that are no longer good or useful, that are marked appropriately will bind to the inside of the structure. And we have specific pieces, ways to say, oh, hey, you, you're ready to go, you're done, we're done with you, you can attach to here, and then it starts to wrap and envelope around all these different pieces, and it starts to elongate and eventually close in on itself, and that closing in process is a very high energy and very uh, involved process, so it's useful to capture as many pieces that you need degraded in here as soon as possible or as much as possible. Once it completes this this encapsulation of these structures that are no longer needed, the next thing is to have the lysosome attach to it, and essentially dump a whole lot of what are called proteolytic enzymes, that is, enzymes whose purpose is to break down and destroy proteins. They will attach, and they will dump themselves in a very low pH, that is, very acidic uh, pieces, into this enveloped uh, container. So if we dump acid, and if we dump enzymes that are meant to break things down... Well, what's going to happen? We're going to shred up all of our old trash. And then we have its basic components, which can then be used in a new and novel way. Maybe for new purposes inside of the body. Now, the big question is, why does this matter? This sounds like one of those things that one of those scientists will figure out. and You know, does this even mean anything? Does it go anywhere? What's the purpose of it? Well, that's actually where things get pretty interesting. So, from a medical standpoint, autophagy is very important. That is, this auto meaning self, and phage meaning eating. So, autophagy literally means the process of self eating. So, in situations where people have disruption of this pathway, this, this self-eating pathway, you might think, oh, okay, well, these people are never breaking down. Well, what happens? What happens if you don't take out your trash? What happens if you, I don't know, never have trash people go by, or never address the fact that maybe you need things recycled or thrown away? Well, those things stack up and when they stack up in the human body it causes things like Parkinson's disease, type 2 diabetes, and other uh, disorders that tend to appear in the elderly. These can also be related to genetic diseases or disturbance has even been linked to cancer. it also uh, could potentially be involved in you know why people age faster than others. You know why is it that one guy he's I used to know this this martial arts instructor he's 83 years old and can do a thousand push-ups and all that. And then this old farmer man walked up to him and I heard this conversation where he goes, "I'm 74 and you're older than I am." And the the old farmers like you know going around with a cane and. Confused about how this guy who's even older than him has this ability to, you know, be as active. And part of that is maintaining activity in your old age, but part of it could also be the molecular mechanisms in your body taking care of old and broke down machines, quote unquote, that are the proteins and things that don't work anymore. If you take care of your house, if you, you know, throw away the things that need to be thrown away, you clean as you go and as you need to, well that house is going to have a much longer and better time span than maybe a house where that's not occurring. And we're looking at developing drugs now based off of this research that can target these failures in autophagy that occur in various diseases. Now while there are other mechanisms for breaking things down, one known as the proteasome, which is that one-by-one ubiquitinated uh, approach towards taking things uh, down, uh, often often called the uh, ubiquitin-mediated proteasome, Degradation, which maybe we'll talk about more in a different episode. Uh, instead, this is a larger scale, a better approach that he discovered. One final note here is that Osumi's uh, spouse is named Mariko and is a professor at uh Tiko University of Science. Uh, she has been the co author of many of his academic papers, and they have been a power couple researching this topic for the last. 30, 40 years. Uh, it is an astounding work and frankly couple goals. Uh, so that kind of brings us to the end of our science snack for today. That is the discovery of the autophagosome, the uh, discovery of the process by which we can break down mass components of the cells, and why those matter, and showing that things like this aren't just dead ends for scientific research, someone trying to get grants and uh, you know researching something that others might seem pointless, but instead they're actually used in understanding the mechanisms for why things occur and how we can make the world a better place. So that's all from me for now and hey don't forget your safety glasses.